Okay, so picking up where we left off, uh, we're in chapter three of Shara Bitahon uh, in the Yafa family edition. We're now discussing the second principle of complete Bitahon. If you remember, the last thing we did was talking about the seven qualities that only Hashem possesses that, uh, that requires uh, a reliable provider to have. So now the second principle of complete Bitahon. The second fundamental principle of Bitahon is that a person must clearly know that the Creator is observing him. And nothing's hidden from him, whether a person's open deeds or our secret deeds or even the person's inner thoughts and of course the outward appearances and actions. So this principle is saying that Hashem, we have to realize, is always seeing us and observing us, what we're doing out in the open and even what we're doing in, 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 in hidden uh, environments, whether physical or even inside of us, our thoughts, our feelings. Hashem therefore knows whether his trust in God is with a full heart or not, meaning a person might outwardly act as if he has bitachon, and maybe even believe that he has bitachon, right? He might say, you know, I say Baruch Hashem, is that Hashem? I believe. But when a person realizes that Hashem can actually see his inner thoughts and feelings, this person might now be more aware and force himself a little more to be a little more honest with himself about his bitachon, right? Because maybe, yeah, okay, I say Baruch Hashem, I say Bezrat Hashem, I think I have a bitachon, but maybe if I'm more conscious of the way I think or the way I feel day to day, and I realize, okay, even Hashem sees all these things, okay, maybe maybe I'm not uh, as trusting or reliant on Hashem as I could be. Uh, right, the, the, the Pasuk says, uh, Hashem knows the thoughts of man that they are futile. Um, and, and the line before this said, Hashem will know whether his trust is with a full heart or not. And it's connected to Tehillim because it's saying that Hashem will know whether or not we're being real because he sees the thoughts of men. And it says in Mishle, the one who resides in hearts, he understands Hashem is in our heart. And it says, for you alone know the hearts of all the people. So again, all these Pesukim and Tanakh are basically just saying, Hashem knows what's in our hearts. And once this becomes clear to the one who trusts, right? Once we realize that Hashem sees our innermost thoughts and feelings and we become aware of our innermost thoughts and feelings. He'll realize that it's not proper for him to claim with words that he trusts in Hashem without truly trusting him in his heart and his inner thoughts. Because if he does this, the person would be called kebiduni. With its mouth and with its lips, these people have honored me, but in its heart they've distanced me. Meaning, a person who walks around living like he has bitachon and emunah, whether he's convincing himself or convincing others of this, what it's really like, if he's not truly a trusting, relying person, is like what the Pasuk says, that with his mouth and with his lips we say one thing, but in our heart we say something else. Right? Rather, the person who begins to trust in Hashem will try to keep striving for more bitachon. They'll keep striving to have more reliance. They won't just think and feel that, uh, that you know, they have emunah uh, bitachon and that they don't have to grow or improve. Uh, Hashem doesn't want a person to just 
say that they have bitahon and say things like Baruch Hashem without sincerity, right? Hashem wants a person to actually have bitahon with a complete heart. Uh, and, and the reason though it's okay to say Bezrat Hashem and Baruch Hashem and, and try our best to understand what we're saying is because sometimes that helps us strengthen our bitahon by, by reminding us uh, 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 that Hashem is of course very important uh, in our life and, 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 and is a lot uh, uh, to do with what happens in our lives and that helps us internalize uh, the bitahon. So that's the second principle essentially is, is you know, Hashem sees our innermost thoughts and feelings Therefore, we should assess our innermost thoughts and feelings to realize that truly we might not have as much bitahon and emunah as we think we do, which will then inspire us to try to strengthen our emunah and bitahon. The third fundamental principle, that one should place his trust exclusively with Hashem in any area where he's obligated to trust in Him. Meaning, we shouldn't trust in multiple beings, God forbid, right? Ve'al... He should not make another person a partner with Hashem. Because then his trust in God will be undermined, right? The, 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 his reliance on Hashem will be weakened. Now, again, of course, we don't say this to mean that we don't do our hishtadlu, right? We have to enlist other people in our efforts in the physical world, right? Uh, we need doctors, we need lawyers, we need employers, right, to give us jobs. But it's very, very different to rely on these people, right? So if you remember chapter, uh, uh, in the previous chapter, uh, we spoke about visiting a doctor when you're sick, right? Or asking for someone uh, for help when, when trying to get a job. So Havot Elavot is just saying we can't rely on these people, right? As if our well-being or our success depends on these people. We should make our efforts. Of course, we have to deal with a lawyer if we're in a court case. Definitely, we have to deal with a doctor if we're trying to heal. Definitely, we need to deal with an employer if we're trying to have parnasa. But after we make our efforts, we have to remember that the success of the court case or the recovery of our illness or the money that we get in the employment is completely up to Hashem. And nothing that we do will actually make a difference unless Hashem decreed that, you know, the court case go well or that we be healthy or that we find the job, right? So that's that's what he's trying to say here. And King Asa, there's a story that despite his piety, there was a little bit of an issue. For a time that he was sick, and he relied on the doctors to heal him, right? Right? It says that also in his illness, he did not seek out Hashem, but the doctors. And he was punished for this. And King Asa of Yehuda was a very righteous person. And he actually helped the Jewish people get rid of the, the idolatry. And at one point, he had a very, very big war on his front that had an invading army that was much larger than him. But he had his complete bitahon and he actually won the war. But unfortunately, there was a time where he got very sick. He had a very dangerous illness. And, uh, you know, he didn't seek out Hashem as much as he should have. He didn't go to a prophet to see if maybe he was sinning and he could re- repent. He didn't, you know, he didn't do his hishtadlut on the spiritual side of having the emunah bitahon. He did too much hishtadlut on the physical side where he relied on the doctors. So ultimately, his punishment was that unfortunately the illness did not get better. And the verse says, Blessed is the man who will trust in Hashem and Hashem will be his security. 
And why is it the double language saying he will trust in Hashem and Hashem will be a security? It's because the more trust we put in Hashem, the more Hashem will be our security. If we trust Hashem with 100% of our lives, Hashem will, will secure us in 100% of our lives. If we only trust Him in 50%, then, 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 then Hashem will only secure us in, in 50%. And, um, and, and, that, and that's a very key uh, theme in Chovot Lavot, which is that a lack of this exclusive trust in Hashem will result in failure to achieve one's objectives in certain areas, right? And it continues. He's giving an example that if, if a person in the physical world, right, appoints two or more people to do something, his appointment is flawed, right? Because now you have... Two people that are dividing the task and each one's going to rely on the other guy to get it done. You can't fully rely on one person, right? I think in, in psychology, they call it tragedy of the commons, right? Where there are, there's such a diffusion of responsibility. That's another, another term. There's such a diffusion of responsibility that each guy's relying on the other guy to do the work. So you can't really fully trust or rely on each guy to get his job done. And, and, and a cute example that we all relate to maybe is in high school or college when there would be group projects and there was always one guy who did all the work or most of the work. And there was always one guy who did none of the work. He was like the freeloader, right? Like if you're relying on multiple people to work together to get something done for you, it could be a little more uh, 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 problematic than having one guy that that's it. The responsibility is on him. The onus is on him. He's being held accountable. Uh, and, and, and that's that. So 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 obviously, if it's if it's true regarding two human beings with a task, then even more so, then imagine, God forbid, a person who puts trust in Hashem, but also in another being. Um, even more so now, he can't rely on, on the human being because the human being is limited. And he can't rely, God forbid, necessarily on Hashem because Hashem's not going to be fully reliable because he's not going to let the person... Uh, 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 get the full outcome if he's not fully relying on him, right? Because now the person is subject on this other human being. So let's try to understand this concept. When a person is relying both on Hashem and somebody else, the reason now this whole situation is not trustworthy is the human being is limited. And Hashem, who is only being trusted, God forbid, let's say 50%, is only going to contribute 50%. The other 50%, this person's results is now subject to the laws and obstacles and and fluctuations and vicissitudes of nature. And and that partial reliance on the other person uh, will actually end up being the strongest reason for this guy not to be deprived of what he's trying to trying to achieve. Because like we said, Hashem will withdraw his providence from him um, because he trusted in that person. So instead of being supported by Hashem's infinite power, he's now going to be subject to the whims and weaknesses of the person. And the objective ultimately will not be uh, achieved. As it says in Yirmiyah, a curse is the man who trusts in people and makes flesh and blood his strength and turns his heart away from Hashem. Why is the person cursed? He's cursed in the sense that he will fail in his objective. His whole objective will be cursed. He will not be able to achieve it because again, he's now going to be limited in how much Hashem could help him because he's now subject to the other being that he is trusting in. So that is now the third principle of Bitahon, which is that we need to put exclusive and complete trust only in Hashem, exclusively on Hashem. Because whatever we put in someone else, we have now taken away from Hashem's divine security and have now exposed ourselves to the vicissitudes 
of uh, the limited human being or whatever it is that we're putting our trust in. So that's the third principle. Let's do one more principle and then we'll end here. The fourth principle, that the person who's placing trust in Hashem must at the same time be very vigilant and make a great effort to fulfill the obligations that the Creator placed upon in His service. Basically, the person has to follow the Torah and follow what Hashem is decreeing. A person who is now trusting Hashem must try as much as possible to perform Hashem's commandments, right? To do the mitzvot and to avoid doing what's prohibited, right? To avoid making sins. The same way he wants Hashem to agree with him with respect to the matters that he's relying on him for, right? The same way that the person is asking Hashem to do things for him and is asking Hashem to, 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 to follow his word. Now he must do the same for Hashem. He must now follow the words of Hashem. He must try to stick to what Hashem wants him to do. Because then the guy could be more reliant on Hashem to have his best interests in mind because he is being reciprocating, right? He's, re- he's, he's reciprocating to fulfill Hashem's will. So, so this is a fascinating thing. What Havot Havot is telling us is why should a person be incentivized to follow the Torah, the mitzvot, and to not, God forbid, breach them and God forbid, make sins? Because we're going out of our way to ask Hashem to listen to what we're telling him so why would Hashem be incentivized to help us if we're not listening to Him? Right? It's a two-way streak. The way our sages of blessed memory have said in Perkei Avot, Do Hashem's will as if it were your will, and then Hashem will do your will as if it were His will. Right? They're saying, if we do Hashem's will, if we make our will Hashem's will, where we want to do what Hashem wants us to do, that makes Hashem's will become our will, because Hashem wants us to achieve what we want because it's what He wants. And Prikavo continues and says, it says, nullify your will in the face of His will so that He will nullify the will of others in the face of your will. Very, very powerful. Let's, let's try to really understand what it's saying here. It's saying if we develop a single-minded desire to fulfill what Hashem wants, then Hashem will desire to give us what we want because what we want is what He wants, right? If you learn to do what Hashem wants you to do and desire what Hashem wants you to desire and make your will what Hashem's will is, your will has now become Hashem's will and therefore Hashem is going to do everything He can to make your will come true because it's His will. You're doing what He wants you to do. An example of this is Hashem, give me money so I can give charity, you are now aligning your will with Hashem's will, which is for you to give charity. So Hashem is going to give you the money to give charity. Hashem, help me have energy and health and strength so I can learn Torah. Hashem's will is that you learn Torah. So now Hashem is going to give you the health that you want and need to learn Torah because you are going to use your health to do what He wants you to do. And then what's the piece about nullifying your will so that He nullifies the will of other people for your will? It's because if you overcome your desires that are against Hashem's will, Hashem will now dismiss the desires of other people that are against your will because your will has become His will. So, so, so let's try to understand that piece now. If you don't do 
if you if you take what let's say you want to do something that's wrong in the eyes of Hashem, if you break your will to 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 not do that, Hashem will break the will of other people that might stop you from getting what you want. Because now you're aligned with Hashem. So the very, very simple fourth principle of Havot Levavot is that someone who wishes to be assured that Hashem will do what he wants should do what Hashem wants. Do you want Hashem to do what you want? Great. Then you have to do what Hashem wants. If you do what Hashem wants, Hashem will do what you want. That's, that's basically the precious uh, uh, gem of a message that we're getting here in this fourth principle, which is stemmed from Pirkei Avot. But it says in Tehillim, Trust in Hashem and do good. Dwell in the land and nourish yourself with faith. Basically, you can trust in Hashem only on the condition that you do good, and then you'll be able to be nourished by your faith and you'll dwell in the land. If you do good, if you do the mitzvot, if you do the Torah, if you improve your midot, Hashem will then be reliant. You can then rely on Hashem to do what you want Him to do because you're aligned to Him. Va'amar tov Adonai lekovav lenefesh and it says, Hashem is good to those who hope in Him, to the soul that seeks Him. Basically, it's not enough to just put hope in Hashem. You also have to seek Hashem by being careful to do His will, right? If a person does not do this, Hashem has no incentive to be, to be reliable. He has no incentive to give the person uh, uh, what He wants. And Avot Avot concludes this principle with a very, very interesting analogy with human beings. Let's say somebody is placing trust in Hashem, but is actively rebelling against Him, right? He's saying, but, but someone who, who tries to rely on Hashem and say, I have Him when I have Bidachon, but meanwhile he's sinning, he's rebelling, he's being terrible. How foolish is this person? And how weak is his mind and his perception? Doesn't he see in life and in human relationships there's a principle even that he's violating? So with Hashem it would be even, even crazier. Why? If a human being goes to another human being and asks that human being to do something for him, right? Let's say, let's take John. Let's say John goes up to his friend and, and John says, please do this for me. I need you to do this for me. It's important. I'm relying on you. I'm trusting you to get it done, right? If his friend that he's begging to do something for him, that he's trusting to do something for him, comes to him and says, listen, John, fine, but I need you to do X, Y, and Z for a second. I need you to do this for me. Or, or, or says, do me a favor, John, I'll do it for you, but don't do X, Y, and Z. And John then violates this guy's instructions, right? John's asking his friend for a favor. His friend says, no problem, I'll do it, but don't do this or do this. And then John goes against what his friend asks. When word of, of John's disobedience reaches his friend, who, who's being entrusted for this, it's going to be a huge incentive. It's going to be a strong reason for John's friend now not to do what John asked him to do. Meaning, imagine the perspective of John's friend. John's coming up to me. He's asking me for things. He's asking me for help. He wants to trust me with something important and rely on me to do something for him. All I do is ask him to do X, Y, and Z, A, B, C, which I know is important. And now, all of a sudden, he's not listening to me. And now he wants me to, he wants me to keep doing what I'm doing. 
So, 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 Hodavot is asking us to apply the same knowledge and the same logic and the same rationality to Hashem. Kol sheken, misha all the more so, someone who's breaking Hashem's laws and commandments left and right, which, which Hashem promised us that He'll reward us if we fulfill it, and He warned us that He'll punish us if we don't fulfill it. And now, the person who's, who's trusting in Him and asking Hashem for a whole laundry list of things is going to be disappointed if He rebels against Him. Because Hashem made it very clear in advance that he's going to reward you with things if you follow, and he's going to punish you if you don't follow. So, so you're coming up to Hashem, you're asking him to do everything for you, you're asking him for all types of favors, Hashem in return is asking you to do, to follow his mitzvot and his Torah, and you're going out of your way to rebel against him, why is Hashem incentivized to help you now? So, so, so what Levot is saying, a guy who's doing this, can't rely on his bitachon so much. He he can't rely on Hashem so much. Not because Hashem can't do it, but because he's breaking the laws of spirituality that then makes Hashem less likely to listen to him. The same way we said the example with the human being. If you ask a human being for help and, and, and you want to rely on a human being, but now the human being asks you for something and you tell him, no, get out of here, the human being's not going to want to help you. He's not, you can't rely on him now. He, he probably doesn't even want to talk to you. Same situation here. And a person who disobeys Hashem is really unfit to truly be fully in bitachon with Hashem because the faith is not fully there, obviously, because he's not following the word. A person says, a person who's like this, it's said about, for what is the hypocrite's hope when he steals? For surely God will cast away his soul, will God hear his cry? Can one steal, murder, commit adultery, and swear falsely? And then come to stand before Hashem in the temple where his where his name is being proclaimed and say, Oh, we're being saved. Has this temple upon which my name is proclaimed become a den of criminals in your eyes? So basically, all these different pesukim from Tanakh, what he's trying to say, the point that these pesukim are bringing is he's saying, do these people really think that they can steal and murder and do all these terrible things and commit abominations and adultery, and then all of a sudden come to the Beit Hamikdash and say, okay, I'm gonna get saved now. I'm praying to Hashem. Hashem, we believe in you. We're talking to you. Please save us. Meanwhile, think about all the things these people are doing. Saying no, genuine bitachon requires that someone does their best to fulfill uh, the mitzvot as much as possible. Now, one last thing, and then we're gonna end here, is we wanna make sure that it's very clear that this pasuk is talking about somebody who is outwardly rebellious against Hashem, right? Someone is trying to be wicked almost out of spite or out of not believing or out of not caring uh, 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 and just looking to live a free life and then all of a sudden say, oh, but Hashem's gonna take care of me. It's not talking about us where we're on our journeys of Teshubah. We're trying to get better every day. We're not perfect. You know, we still sin from time to time. It's not talking about people that are just failing in, 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 in following the Torah and the Mitzvot or, or, or not even failing or are struggling uh, uh, to follow the, the Torah and the Mitzvot. We're, we're talking about someone, someone who completely disregards Hashem's will. The person who falls short due to personal failings like us, right? Like us human beings in, in today's modern day and age, we can still trust in Hashem's kindness, um, even according to Havot right? Because 
Ultimately, Hashem's mercy is so great that even the greatest sinner, and Rabbi Nachman talks about this all the time, even the greatest sinner can be spared, can be saved, and can be blessed with abundance because Hashem is kind to all his creation. And Hashem knows that, you know, we're all trying to grow and improve. But again, that's for us. That's for people who we want to be better. We know we're not the best version of us that we could be. We want to grow. We want to improve. It's difficult. We're trying to battle Ayatollahs day by day. Uh, and and, and, and we, we want to be better. Um, the, the, the example that Havot, Havot is talking about here where they say, you know, the sinner who has no hope, Hashem can't. It's talking about someone who uh, is a little bit more I'm going to use the word wicked because that's the word they use here. But it's it's somebody who's just rebelling uh, out, of, out of nowhere. And, uh, and the Chavetz Chaim says that uh, know also, this is I'm quoting from the Chavetz Chaim's book, Shem Olam. He says, know also that the attribute of bitahon is not dependent on merits, right? This is what we were just talking about. You don't have to merit to have bitahon. Even if someone is not an upright person, if he nevertheless strengthens his bitahon in Hashem, the power of bitahon protects him. And Hashem, blessed be he, deals kindly with him. Thus has Gra written in opposition to Havot HaLevavot, right? Because again, they're talking about the other example of people like us where we're sinning because we're just, we're human and, and we're early in our journeys of, of spirituality. Um, and according to Gra, the mere fact that the person relies on Hashem in and of itself causes Hashem to reciprocate for that reliance and help him, even though he's not deserving of being helped on account of his merits right now. So, so that's a very, very uh, important uh, thing for us to make sure we understand that even a wicked person um, who wants to be better and who is struggling to be better and who has good intentions and is yearning to be better, if he trusts in Hashem, he'll be surrounded by kindness. Whereas the wicked person that Havot Levavot is talking about here that does not have any uh, protection and, and cannot rely on his bitahon and Hashem is somebody who is outwardly rebelling and disregarding Hashem's will. And I'm going to conclude with this last piece to tie it into something practical that we could all apply today, which is. Uh, a way to strengthen your bitahon and do teshubah and get uh, mercy from Hashem all at the same time is to, in our personal prayer, express this to Hashem. We say, Hashem, I know I'm not perfect. Hashem, I know I'm sinning X, Y, and Z. Hashem, I'm not, I know I'm not doing the mitzvot of A, B, and C. And I know that what I'm doing is wrong and that I can be a better person. But please, Hashem, my Yetzirah is strong. You created my Yetzirah. You know how strong my Yetzirah is. And you know that I'm merely flesh and blood. However, Hashem, you also gave me a soul. So I ask you, please, Hashem, strengthen my soul. Strengthen me to overcome my Yetzirah. Help me do what I need to do. Help me say what I need to say. Help me think what I need to think. Help me feel what I need to feel in order to overcome my Yetzirah and to do Teshuvah Shelaman, to become a better person so that I can fulfill your mitzvot and fulfill your Torah. Because Truly, Hashem, truly, I want to follow your mitzvot perfectly. I want to follow the Torah perfectly. I want my will to be your will and your will to be my will. I want me and my body and my mind and my soul to be a vessel of your light, of your kindness, of your goodness. And I want to spread goodness in this world. So please, Hashem, take over my free will by helping me grow as a human being and make my free will your will. And make your will my free will. And now we're tying together what we just learned in the various principles of, of Chovot Levavot, the, the last three uh, principles we just learned. And on top of that, we can also give Hashem skin the game. We can give Hashem incentive. We can say, Hashem, listen, bless us with health so we can use it to learn Torah and raise our family in the ways of the Torah and the mitzvot. Give us wealth so we can give charity and we can do the mitzvot properly. Give us shalom bayit so we can have peace in the home and focus on more important things. Give us parnasah. Give us And that's really what Chovot Levavot is teaching us in this audio, which is that A, 
we need to realize that Hashem sees our inner thoughts and feelings and emotions and therefore actually assess if within us we have true bitachon and true emunah. And if we don't, we need to keep growing it and improving it. B, that we need to rely on Hashem exclusively and not share our bitachon with anybody else or on anybody else, I should say, because we want Hashem to fully take care of us and not split it, right, with another limited being. And C, we have to remember that Hashem needs to be incentivized to help us. If we want him to listen to us, we have to listen to him. And therefore, we should try our best to fulfill the Torah and mitzvot. But the message we ended with is even if we are not fully keeping the Torah and the mitzvot, we can rely on Hashem's mercy and kindness to listen to us when we reach out to him. Good night.